0: Morning, good afternoon, you or so. Mirror this. glides on tech I, Amigo Falcon. We have uh, had some problems this week. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, technical difficulties, as well as personal difficulties, as well as a as far as physical difficulties. All weekend, we are late with this episode, and I apologize for that. But I'll tell you what: we do have a lot to get to. I didn't want to miss the chance to talk about how I totally called it with Stadia, even though it totally doesn't feel like I called it with Stadia because literally 98% of the planet called it with Stadia. By the way, Stadia is dead. We'll talk about it later. In the meantime, I am both amused and disappointed by this story that crossed my radar. Not exactly a very like big one or a worrying one. But it is concerning that thousands of Australians were without power thanks to a drone crash. Not several drone crashes. Not some kind of other aircraft crash caused by a drone. A drone crash. Singular drone crash. Apparently by crashing into above ground power lines and transformers and a, and a pole. It in fact caused massive havoc across the electric grid. Now, can I just say, dude, you're killing us here. Like drones in general have for the most part been just kind of left alone. It's just been considered, Oh, it's the new RC aircraft sort of thing. It's like those little RC planes, dude. You clowns inflicting damage with these like this, doing stupid things like flying them into your airports, flying them into infrastructure like this. You're going to get these banned and ruin it for the responsible people, please. I don't even use drones. I can just already see where this is going. Can't you see where this is going? Please use drones responsibly. I say that, and I know people are immediately going to go, all right, all right, fine. I'll only use it to spy on my neighbors. Don't freaking verify. wonder how often that ends up in a court and it goes nowhere. All right. Last week, we talked about Twitch. And Twitch is rather... Was that last week or the week before? I think it was last week, right? Maybe it was the week before. In any case, Twitch has been in the crosshairs of a lot of people lately. After the, um the drama show that they had going on, in addition to the uh, banning of gambling, TM, on the site, and announcing the fact that the president of Twitch is completely out of touch with all of the creators that make the platform possible, and also no 70-30 split for anyone anymore, lol. So ever since then, a lot of us, including myself, Had said that this next upcoming TwitchCon and its announcements are going to be critical for showing what Twitch has up its sleeves for keeping their content creators around. Well, TwitchCon is pretty much just starting now. We're actually recording this on Monday. This podcast will be up on Wednesday. So... We won't know exactly there's going to be any of the big announcements, but we're starting to see some bits of information coming out from basically the one guy who seems to have just the scoop on all insider news within Twitch, and that being the man on Twitter known as Zach Busey. I have no idea if that's actually how his last name is pronounced. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Because the rest of you immature people probably came up with something far ruder to say. The first thing that's kind of coming up is a change to the follower API, which will now make it so that no one can see what channels a user follows. Now, in the end, someone with a powerful enough computer and enough time can figure out who's all following what eventually. But this is an interesting change to the follower API, not just for this reason, but for others we're going to get into. Also, keep in mind, we reported that hosts are going away. In fact, actually, at the time of this recording, the host command is completely gone. Yeah, hosts are now gone, you know. One of the key things that made Twitch what it is. Poof. Gone. Never to be seen again. Which, by the way, yes, I am still really, really annoyed by that. Now, some other interesting data that uh, came up is some quarterly data that came out of Twitch's Q3 earnings. And that is the fact that according to Commander Root... There has been a 3% increase in Twitch partners over the past three months, 5% increase in Twitch affiliates over the past three months, a 6% increase in staff over the past three months, but a 0% growth in viewership and watched hours over the past three months. Oh, I'm sorry. This is apparently originally from Sully Gnome. It's kind of concerning, to say the least. We have all of these increases in costs, but no increase in customers. This may, in fact, be the reason why there's all these cost-cutting measures and all these other pushes for more revenue, like elevated messages. Oh, So Elevated Messages is Twitch's response to Super Chats, which was YouTube's response to Bits. Zona Chat asks, are these percentages based on the total, total of each currently or comparison to previous quarter's growth? I am actually not sure, and that actually is a very good question. I believe it is an increase versus... It is a that percentage increase versus the previous quarter's numbers. Yeah, very quickly going over it, it does look like it is compared to the previous... To, to where the numbers were 90 days ago. Someone in chat says, so in that case, say there was 100 new partners in the previous quarter. A 5% increase would be, a, would be 100, 105 new partners that, this quarter. No, that would be a 105% increase. Because it's an increase over what you had before. So if the total before was 100 partners... In this case, 5% more would be 105, not 105 additional ones bring you to 205. Does that make sense? All right, I think we got that cleared up. I hope. I mean, either way here, the big point here is the fact that the viewership total has not gone up a noticeable amount at all. But anyway, back to elevated messages. Twitch wants to introduce elevated messages, which is Twitch's answer to Super Chats, which Super Chats was YouTube's uh, response to bits. So why Twitch needed to have these elevated messages, I don't know. I think this whole thing is incredibly stupid, but here's how it works. All right. So chat member spends a dollar amount and they have apparently preset dollar amounts for reasons that cannot be explained at all, all right? After you set these predetermined dollar amounts, your message that that accompanies these dollar amounts will appear, and this is the best part, all right? Get this. They'll either appear, A, at the very top of the chat window, which is a okay spot for it, Or, or be under the stream window. The streamer's never going to see it under the stream window. No one's going to see it under the stream window. Because most people, they watch streams in this crazy mode called theater mode. And thanks to theater mode, you never see the stream window. You just see the whole stream. But here's the most important part. I, as the streamer, have no way to see that and here's the best part about this all right are you ready for the best part about this to have this message elevated and in everyone's face it is five dollars for 30 seconds ten dollars for one minute so far this makes sense right so what do you think the next tier of 25 dollars gets you if five dollars is 30 seconds and ten dollars are one minute $25 gets you, that's right, one and a half minutes, $50 gets you two minutes, and $100 gets you two and a half minutes. Who the heck came up with with this numbering scheme? We have one person in chat that is absolutely blown away by the percentages I gave earlier. That's, you're looking way too much into this. It's not misleading. It's the percentage of growth. That is how growth is measured. Yes, the more you get, the lower the percentage is going to be. You're making a big deal out of out of nothing. They're they're just percentages numbers. The important percentage was the fact that that the that the watch hour growth percentage was zero. Anyway, no longer trying to not be distracted by that. That in chat. Get into the whole thing about the elevated messages numbers. I have to ask a question. All right. Assuming. All right. Assuming a streamer doesn't, just doesn't make any alerts for any of these sort of things. Why wouldn't you just, oh, I don't know, pay 25 bucks to get five messages up for 30 seconds straight? Or better yet, instead of paying the $100 for two and a half minutes of your message being up, copy and paste the message five times and have it be up for two and a half minutes. Like, this numbering scheme is dumb. But hey... At least this has a 70-30 split. Man, if only there was some way in the Twitch universe, you could go ahead and have a way for viewers to contribute to a stream and have a message show up front and center. Ooh, and you could even have, like, a cool sound play at the same time and maybe even a silly text-to-speech message try to say it afterwards chat is also saying that by the way it says after fees i'm gonna ignore the after fees because before or after fees this entire thing is dumb like chat wants to make a big deal after fees i'm not gonna make a big deal after fees a 70 30 split on a bad deal is still a bad deal before fees after fees 50 50 90 10 it doesn't matter this is bad When this first got announced, I was just like, oh, this is gonna be the new bits thing. Oh, okay, no big deal. Here's the thing, when I initially heard this and saw, oh, $5 for 30 seconds, $10 for one minute. okay, that's just their like guidelines. I'll have some sort of thing so you can just go pay whatever amount, whatever. This is gonna be the new thing that just replaces bits and they're trying to go ahead and make everything simplified. No, it's not. Right now, this apparently is supposed to coexist Side by side with bits. Look, whether it's 7030 or 6238 with the fees and whatnot, here's what I'll say. This model is stupid. This whole thing is terrible. I didn't like the super chat mechanic in YouTube streaming, but it was their answer to bits. So it's just like, okay, fine, whatever. And the thing is, is that the the super chat layout, if I'm not mistaken, is done in a way that it's like an 80 20 split or something greater than that. Maybe it actually is 70 30, including the fees, or some, or something that are fair. But here's the thing: you can set the YouTube one to whatever you want. You don't have to do anything like. Oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and donate $100 for two and a half minutes of my stupid message being stuck at the top of the screen. Oh, and by the way, moderators that are worried about someone going ahead and having racial slurs be stuck in the elevated messages for a while. Don't worry. You can still purge elevated messages. Rendering them completely and utterly useless. Isn't that great? It's just, just fantastic. So, yeah, that's a pretty big L for uh, Twitch, right? We're not really a big L. Just um. Now, I should also clarify here what I'm saying right now. This elevated messages. Is, this is not a feature that exists right now. This is not. This is not something that is enabled right now, available for everyone. This is currently in closed testing. Select number of streamers have this, have this enabled. This actually might also be... There's been rumors that this sort of thing might replace bits, and that might be the way they get into areas where the whole thing about converting real currency to fake currency is uh, foreboden. It might be their way to try and get around those kind of laws. But this elevated message thing, it's not out... Yet. That means that we're going to be keeping a close eye on it. All right, let's rapid fire through the rest of them. Twitch has uh, dropped support for a lot of browsers and say that if you want to go ahead and keep using Twitch, uh, use one of these supported browsers like Chrome, Edge, or or Firefox. So if you are a Mac user and you are a slave to Safari, you are SOL. Now, it's quite possible that in fact... Many of the other browsers will be re-enabled for Twitch, since they all run Chromium, which is just a flavor of Chrome, but they're not going to be officially supported. But we should see some more browsers being available soon. As another L for Twitch, South Korea is going to be limiting all Twitch broadcasts to 720p, or rather Twitch will be limiting all broadcasts to South Korea to to 720p due to the high cost of operating bandwidth in South Korea. Now, you might think that this is a a terrible sign. And this means that, of course, oh, man, this is the end times for Twitch. Well, not really. The whole thing about South Korea and uh, trying to get any sort of bandwidth down there is that the cost of actually moving bandwidth through South Korea has always been pretty high. Remember, not too long ago, rather several months ago, we reported that Twitch was testing peer-to-peer video in Korea. It turns out this is the reason why. Oh, and by the way, there's some rumors going around right now, I haven't had a chance to confirm them, that in fact, YouTube is going to be no longer broadcasting 4K video to South Korea unless they're in a paid subscription tier. Whoops so rip all of that but in other oddball news uh Twitch has uncapped hype trains so normally when a hype train goes on it stops at level five now it won't now it will just keep growing indefinitely until the timer runs out okay interesting Someone in chat says, no, there's there's no more animal name browsers that aren't Firefox. Call Icecat, sea, sea Monkey, Swift Weasel." Someone in chat asks, "Do they have more emotes as rewards?" I assume so. I don't know. I could not find the official browser post or the official blog post from Twitch about this because, of course, Twitch's blog site is an infernal hellscape that cannot be navigated by mortals. This is being reported because people have discovered it. Someone in chat asked Twitch has a blog. Um, they do. Don't go to it. Also, uh, Twitch has snuck in new sub badges. If you don't have sub badges, they're now in different colors. Woo. In addition, Twitch has launched a shout out feature. If you type in slash shout in a channel that you moderate for, and then a streamer's name, it will shout them out and put a banner at the top there at the top of your chat window saying join us in following the other streamer. Or if that other streamer does have the actual schedule filled out, it'll actually show what they're streaming next. This currently is only available on Twitch desktop. It is not available on mobile yet. Someone in chat asked, "Wait, does the schedule still work?" Yeah, the schedule is still around. By the by, speaking of other changes, I don't actually have the blog post anymore about this, but there has been talks about the Twitch follower section also showing upcoming streams on the schedule for followers you normally follow so if a streamer actually fills that out like i'm kind of doing so now that i found out this actually is worth doing worth looking at at all it'll show what they're streaming next in addition to all that if you have the mobile version you will find of course that None of these things I just mentioned actually work. The 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 seeing other other streamers' schedules and whatnot, seeing the shoutouts don't work. But, but, obnoxiously, you will see that it, in fact now pings you every single time a streamer goes live. There is also talks about a feature being introduced into Twitch that goes ahead and reminds streamers to. Tell people to follow, which by the way, you should totally follow me at twitch.tv eaglefalcon Falcon. I do believe because Twitch is killing hosts because they're trying to go ahead and make this schedule fu- feature actually do something because they're trying to go ahead and push notifications as you're following harder and harder and harder. They are trying to and also with the changes to the follower API as well that's just one thing they're gonna be changing. I guarantee you there's gonna be something else in there too. I do believe Twitch is trying to find a way to make the follower metric actually matter. Cause here's the fun fact with in the streaming universe. Once you hit 50 followers, everyone stops caring. You hit 50 followers. Cool. You can, you now have a shot of being an affiliate. Once you accomplish that, there's only one number that pretty much anyone cares about, and that's the red number. Your co-current viewers. What is your average viewer base? Total views? Don't care. Total number of subscribers supporting you? They kind of care, but not really. That red number. That number of eyeballs watching you, listening you, judging you at every single turn. That's is what Twitch cares about. That's what sponsors care about. And that, I have a feeling, is what... I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all anyone's ever cared about. They're trying to go ahead and have that follower number matter as well. I mean, heck, think about this. I have over 1,800 followers. My co-current viewers is 12. Sometimes I'm higher than that, sometimes I'm lower than that, but that's about my average. It's 12. Right now, I'm I'm recording this. It's lower. It's eight. You see that big gap? That's a huge gap. 1,812? That's 1,790 more people that could be watching that that have you following. And I think this kind of discrepancy, and it's not just my channel, it's many, many, many others. They're trying to go ahead and make that follower number matter. We'll see if more tends to happen to try and lessen that gap. We're going to take our first break here when we come back. Some concerning tales about Samsung and idle phones. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcons. So, Samsung, <laughs> oh, Samsung, Samsung has a bit of a concerning problem by the fact that, um, well, a certain YouTuber has, uh, discovered a problem. A YouTuber by the name of Mr. Who's the Boss. I probably miss, miss, miss said his name. Nope, that actually is correct. YouTuber Mr. Who's the Boss was doing a back-to-back look of Galaxy phones from era to era to era and found out that many of his older Galaxy S-series phones have swollen batteries. And by many of them, I mean pretty much every single one of them. And in fact, many others have uh, looked at their older phones, their older Samsung phones, and uh, found out that, in fact, yes, uh, their batteries are also swelling, despite the fact the phones have remained uncharged for a very long time. This is actually a problem. I mean, there's no signs of fire or anything, but a swelling battery is a sign that it could, in fact, combust how bad of a combustion, how bad of an explosion. Probably not a very big one, but let's be perfectly honest. If you were storing a old Samsung phone in a drawer, saving it for a day when in case you share the screen on your current phone and just wanted to swap out the SIM card. Oh, wait, that's going to be a thing of the past too soon, isn't it? Thanks, Apple. Anyway, I want to just swap out the SIM cards and uh, continue on your merry way and it catches fire in a wooden drawer, like most drawers are, that could be a very big problem. And the thing is that this is not something you normally think about. You never ever get a phone and think, man, I wonder if it'll like combust four years down the road after I've hit the end of its life and switched to a different phone. And before any Samsung fanboys start going, oh, every phone does this. The batteries degrade. The layers between the positive and negative layers of of the battery begin to degrade and decay. And the batteries can start to swell. I mean, Apple had this problem with the MacBook Pros back when they were first starting. It's no big deal. It happens. You know, I would agree if it weren't for the fact that so many of these people that go ahead and have collections of phones, can show that it is in fact only the Samsung phones that are swelling and popping the backs off. Some of which don't have removable backs. I'm not going to lie. When I had to say that, I had to remember that once upon a time we could remove the backs of our phones with our bare hands. Remember those days we could swap out SIM cards. We could add SD card storage, we could change the battery. We had headphone jacks. The mythical headphone jack. We had it. Remember those days? Anyway, um, enjoying a feast of member berries aside, this actually is quite the problem. Now, Samsung has in their possession now a bunch of cell phones from Mr. Who's the Boss and... At this point, we're in the phase of the story where we just have to wait and uh, question our choices when we decide to get a new phone in a little bit. Hmm. I'm I'm not going to lie. I I don't want to have to think that maybe, just maybe, I might have to go back to (gasps) Apple. Hopefully, this is something that is looked after. Also, hopefully, I find a better option. That's not a great option, so we'll just wait and see what will happen with Samsung. But maybe Google will have an answer. I mean, after all, Samsung is an Android phone. And well, perhaps there's something software related. Maybe there's something within the software of Android that we could go ahead and look for, for why these batteries are expanding the way they are. Nah, who are we kidding? Google is busy doing what they do best. Killing software projects that should have died long ago. Look, i dance around and say I called it long, long, long ago. But is it really me calling it when 98% of the world called it? That's not calling it. That's following the crowd. But the crowd was right. It was 100%. They were going to kill it. The biggest surprise to me is the fact That Stadia lasted as long as it did. Like, 100%. No joke. I thought this was going to die. Like, what? 10 months in? I expect that to die. Especially with just how much backlash there was to the model of buy your games and then never own them and never have physical access to them so you can even lie to yourself and say that you own them. At least to Google's credit. They are giving full refunds to anyone who invested money software-wise into Stadia. If you bought games on Stadia, you can, in fact, get access to them. Get or get, get your money back for them. I mean, I'd say that's about the best result you could expect from Stadia. We knew it was going to die. So we'll just have to wait and see how... Uh, who are we kidding? Let's start to wait and see. It's going to die. The end. Will something like Stadia ever exist again? Oh, who am I kidding? Of course it's going to exist again. They're going to try and launch Stadia again as something else. They'll call it Google Play probably because Google likes to reuse their same names that they're already in existence just to confuse people and it'll be a new Netflix model. Now there is your prediction. There is your calling it. I'm just saying Google messages came back. For no adequately explored reason, under the same name, while Google Messages already existed, or was it a different one that that relaunched under a under the same under a, oh, whatever, in other very um, oh that's what it was. It was Google Meet. How Google Duo is now Google Meet, but there is already a Google Meet. That's what it was. I knew I had something along those lines. Isn't isn't Google great? H- how. They just don't care about their naming scheme at frickin' all. But, you know, sometimes Google is a nice guy. Sometimes Google is just looking out for your best interest. Like this new feature about how Google will alert you if uh, people are searching for your phone number and physical addresses and other search results. I'm not going to lie. This is both very useful information and Super weird at the same time. I mean, think about it this way, all right? Google's new feature in this will let you know, basically, if you've been doxxed. All right? That is useful information to know. On the other hand, Google will let you know if you've been doxxed. So now you can go ahead and feel really, really creeped out about that. The fact that Google very easily knows way more than you ever wanted. <laughs> Technology! I'd say I totally understand and feel for the people that would be weirded out if they got a notification on their phone saying you're being stalked. But I'm also saying this as the person that has three idiot pucks in his apartment. All of which could be spying on him at this very moment. But at the same time, whenever I start talking about, about crazy things, it will instead suggest recipes about fish. I don't know why, but the Amazon Alexa devices... I'm sorry, the Amazon Echo devices... I just seem dumber and dumber and dumber. I mean, here, watch this. I'm actually trying to think of a, gu- of a good prompt that Alexa never, ever gets right. Actually, now I'm just waiting to, waiting to see how many angry emails I get because I intentionally u- use the A word instead of the E word. Hey, all I know is that mine didn't trigger now. Ha! Maybe I should stop being a dingus and just move on. Yeah, let, let's just move on. I think that, I think that's best for everyone. Let's just move on about how Netflix is forming... A, their first in-house game studio that will make world-class original games. You know, now that Stadia's gone, why not? Why not have Netflix just steal the model and go ahead and make actual in-house games like Stadia said they were going to and then never did. All right, look, Netflix, let me just give you some advice, all right? You clearly smoke too much bad stuff, all right? You tried this before, as someone in the chat just mentioned, and um, you killed it. Your current foray into games is uh, laughable, very laughable. And um, in my opinion, look, you're writing some good PR right now. You had Squid Games. That was a big hit show. All right. Actually got people to sign back up for Netflix. Okay. You had Cyberpunk Runners, which I'm not going to lie. Actually was good. I, mean, I, 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 was, I was a disbeliever. I'm not, not, not going to lie. I thought that was going to be terrible. And then someone told me that I needed to go see it. And it turned out it was actually good. Yeah, You have a lot of other shows going for you that are actually like decent. Okay? You are learning a very important question. Or a very important answer in the, st- in the streaming wars. All right? It is not about the quantity. It is about... The quality, that is the key. Just focus on quality shows. That's all you got to do. Although, it, you know, it just hit me. Is Cyberpunk Runners like... No, I take that back. The Sonic movie was also good. I was going to say, it was Cyberpunk Runners, the first series in a while that was based on a video game that was actually good? But no, the Sonic movies are actually pretty good. I can't think of many other, like mini series based on video games that actually were like good oh the witcher someone in chat said the witcher yeah the good point good point someone else someone else in chat that's technically a book series Pfft, that you tell that to anyone <laughs> you tell that to anyone <laughs> that, that that watched the the witcher series on netflix just like oh, it's based on the books they're gonna look at you and stick out their tongue and just go Pfft. That's what they're going to say to that. (laughs) Now, here's the one hope I have getting back to the point of this Netflix in-house game studio. The game studio will create, quote, world-class original games without ads or in-app purchases. You know what? I'm not going to lie. We kind of need more of those in this day and age. I would not mind more games. That just don't have ads or in-app purchases, especially in-app purchases. But here's the problem: the new studio is based in Hels- Helsinki, which I probably mispronounced, and is led by Marco Lastica, but was formerly of Zynga and L. I'm sorry, and E. A. Ooh that's not good those aren't exactly like names you should be proud of ea has had uh, never had a good track record in their history zynga has somehow had even less of a good track record than ea and ea's track record is zero so i have concerns i have concerns for those who don't know zynga because someone is talking about oh no never mind they're Oh, no, never mind. They're remembering correctly. Yeah, Zynga is mostly known for those really bad Facebook games that tried to milk you with in-app purchases or just absolutely contaminate other Facebook feeds. Or were they Myspace? I think they were both. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that they didn't make anything good. They made FarmVille. This is all you really need to know. They were responsible... For Farmville. Be concerned. You know what else you should be concerned about? Tesla! And uh, their new artificial intelligence and autopilot conference. Ah, yes. Tesla went out and gave us... Do we value anything Tesla says? At this point, do we actually value like... Any words Tesla says without, like, any sort of actual proof of concept? Because I'm having a hard time, you know, believing it. After we are late for self-driving, we are late for the semi, we are late for the roadster, we are late for the Cybertruck. And the only thing we've gotten out of Tesla lately has been a car that is actually dangerous to drive. Like, lately Tesla has not really lived up to anything. Have it. Did they actually go, like someone in chat says, they did usher in the age of EVs. They did. Here's the thing now currently with Tesla. Tesla had a good thing going. Lately, however, we have the models S and X are completely undrivable. I mean, you can drive them, but you really shouldn't. They are not safe vehicles to drive at all in this stupid, idiotic push for minimalism and trying to look cool and damn everything else the self-driving test testing equipment is raising the ire of the dot See as how they are testing beta software with non-trained technicians being you know people their customers and in the fact when the push when the whole thing came to be the only thing at this entire ai and uh, Everything conference they had was plans. That's it. Imagine if NVIDIA went up on stage and said they plan on releasing an RTX 4090 at their RTX 4090 event. Jensen would be booed off the stage if he did that. Look, at some point, Elon, you gotta deliver. Especially since... Especially since... You have gone years without releasing anything, literally anything you can't just keep going on and entirely having an entire, literally the entire press conference was future plans and a waste of everyone's time and concepts. It's like going to CES. The whole thing is just vaporware. It's two hours of vaporware. The whole thing, the entire AI and autopilot experience, their entire press conference was literally a waste of everyone's time, at least out of Nvidia's little smoking all, all of it and inhaling their own farts sort of thing they did for their, for their own people. At least we got the f- at least we got to see, oh boy, I can't afford GPUs anymore. Yay! I at least got useful information out of it. So someone in the chat asked, wasn't it mark marketed for uh investors in a roadmap or, or of what's to become? They didn't market it as anything. Basically, the whole tease out of Elon Musk being very Elon Musk like was specifically for AI and then robot hands forming a heart. That was the tease. It was very Apple-like, which I, I'd give him flack for that, but Apple did it. Apple started the trend, and if I'm gonna tolerate it from Apple, I have to tolerate it from everyone else. Uh <sighs> Oddly enough, like, the most impressive... Thi- like here's the thing that, that slays me about Elon. Because he has released products, but they were released silently. Like all the updates with, Scott, with uh, Starlink. I get a two hour waste of my time from Tesla. But Starlink actually had a decent update to their stuff. And it was in 90 characters. Consistency, man. But now I'm just rambling. Although I will say, um, Elon is very good at uh, trying to have me inflict pain to my own face. Because shortly after wasting our time... Or maybe this was before. I actually can't remember when this happened. Uh, He did tweet out that um, if you're hoping for updates on the Cybertruck, here's an update for you. The Cybertruck will be waterproof enough to briefly serve as a boat so it can cross rivers, lakes, and even seas that aren't too choppy. How briefly? (laughs) I have to ask. I really, really want to see, I want to know how long can, <laughs> can this, uh, I want to know how briefly this, this thing can serve as a boat. Cause you know what? That might be the like, the like killer feature. Like if this thing can be like as amphibious as say like the Sherp, you know, all of a sudden this pickup truck rendered on an N64 may not be half bad. <laughs> Someone in chat asked, did you see the f- fairy Twitter ac- account that responded to that? I did not. But well, we see Cyberpunk 2077 responded. You know, we're going to take a break and then try, try to find it. When we come back, we have a lot more to talk about, including, of course, information regarding Intel, AMD, and all the other tech that was announced all last week. It's Techtober, everyone. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, we did find the um, the tweet from the San Francisco Bay Ferry. I am going to read their comment to, quote, the Cybertruck will be waterproof enough to b- serve briefly as a boat. My comment was that I want to know just how briefly that is, because, I mean, the Bayard definition of the word briefly All vehicles can very briefly serve as a boat. The question is for how long? (laughs) You know, are we talking, you know, two hours? Are we talking five minutes? 350 seconds? 3.14 seconds? I mean, could be a lot. (laughs) There's a big difference there. But here's what the San Francisco Bay Ferry had to announce. And I'm not going to lie. I... Did not write this, despite the fact that this, quite possibly, is going to contain a lethal amount of sarcasm. And snark. More snark than sarcasm. Announcement from the San Francisco Bay Ferry. To prepare for the inevitability of the Nintendo 64 floaty truck... Flotilla rendering us obsolete. We're adding little wheels to our ferries. Landboats will be able to briefly serve as a bus so it can cross bridges, parking lots, and highways that are not too congested. Hurry, come come right along before the Blade Runner Barrage barge Armada puts us out of operation. Free rides next Wednesday. This sent from... The San Francisco Bay Ferry. Yeah, I hate to break it to the San Francisco Bay Ferry. Um, they already did that. They already put wheels on uh, on boats. We have them here in the Wisconsin Dells. They're called ducks. Uh, formerly, our army grade and inf- amphibious vehicles. They're actually used in tours, in uh, what we refer as what we refer to as the tourist hellscape that is the Wisconsin Dells, a city that is fifty percent water park. I mean, I'm exaggerating there, but probably not by much during the break. Also, another viewer sent me this article saying that the NHTSA finds that Tesla deactivated an autopilot seconds before crashes. Now, this is a very damning headline, but here's the thing. It could have been deactivated for any number of reasons. Like, on its face, deactivated seconds before before crash could have been triggered by the driver just yanking the steering wheel, which may have caused the crash. It may have been just recorded as that, as the crash happened, as a malfunction of the software because of the crash. The list goes on and on. That being said, various DOT departments and such will remember this sort of thing as more and more investigations in the very erroneous behaviors of Tesla are investigated. Although Tesla has done a lot of good, they're also doing a lot of very, very sketchy stuff in the way they're building their vehicles, the way they are testing software, and in the way they just kind of show a roadmap and then not follow the roadmap at freaking all we do have an update to a previous story that is not elon musk related and i am 99 percent certain we are done talking about elon musk for the day please oh please i swear elon musk is like the political equivalent of donald anyway kingpin is looking to try and move his work to another GPU manufacturer. If you don't know who Gingpin is, he goes by the name of Vince Lucido. He is actually a big name in the extreme overclocking community. He has worked for EVGA for a long time. And well, EVGA now no longer making GPUs kind of puts Vince in a very awkward spot because he busts his butt to make sure that EVGA has the number one spot on the GPU XOC boards. Well, there's no EVGA, what's Kingpin gonna do? He's turned his hobby, he he has done what all of us dream we could do. He has turned his hobby into his full-time job. So Kingpin is gonna be leaving EVGA, obviously, and going to be looking at other GPU brands to see who will take him on in his endeavor to absolutely max out the performance of GPUs to the point where it's not feasible. Now, before people go, oh, who, who would want that? Who wants a guy that just goes ahead, straps a liquid nitrogen bucket to a GPU, and gets the best overclocking board? That doesn't help the average person buy a GPU. Here's the thing: The actual kingpin card because that's one of the things he did for EVGA he designs the top-tier EVGA card, the Kingpin Edition. And although that card is built by design from the ground up to be an extreme overclocking card, you can still very much use it as a strong, stable overclocker out of the box. Like, the last one they just built is a... All in one cooler with a 360 rad and a fan built onto the card itself that actually can get a very good stable overclock. When I say a stable overclock, I mean that you can go ahead and clock in this overclock on the card itself while you're using it and be able to just game on it with that extra performance. When you get into extreme overclocking, you're not going to actually use that in production. It's meant to get a high score. It's like drag racing. You, you don't take a drag... You don't drive to work in, like, a, in like a Formula One car that's meant for drag racing and anything. It's not feasible. It's not logical. It's not safe. It's kind of the same thing with, X, with, with XOC. Am I just rambling? I think I'm just rambling at this point. The point is, is that Kingpin will probably find other work. If I had to guess where he's going to land, here's my prediction. I will say Asus. Asus would be my first pick just because... MSI seems way too focused on just staying mainstream gamer sort of things. They're not going for like any sort of crazy over the top builds. ASUS kind of has all that. ASUS has like multiple different ge- gaming br- built or gaming brands now. They have the Strix, then the Tough, then your Hero ROG. Like they have. A lot in there there's way more than I just mentioned too on top of that so it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's all of a sudden a kingpin name inside the ROG what's MSI gonna do what's PNY gonna do maybe Galax Galax has been another one that people have thrown around but Galax doesn't really make a whole lot of cards I don't think they really have the resources that Vince would be looking for but who knows it's up in the air that's my prediction All we can do now is wait and see where the O.C. King lands in other GPU news. Intel has announced that they're going to launch the A570 and the A770 on October 12th for reals. This time we're super duper serial. These GPUs will actually launch and actually be usable. We super duper mean it this time. I really hope these GPUs just decide to exist. Now, keep in mind when it comes to my door suddenly closing itself. Keep in mind when it comes to the A750 and the A770s. These aren't going to be targeting the top dogs. The A750 and the A770 are going to be targeting the mid-tier cards. Your 3060s and your whatever-the-heck AMD's numbering scheme is nowadays. I completely lost track. It's going to be targeting pretty much the kind of the cards that the average person buys. So it'll be very interesting to see how well these stack up to current offerings available now. Someone in chat says it's going to launch right into the hands of miners. Here's a good question. What are they going to mine? Like right now in the crypto space, there's a handful of cryptocurrencies that are GPU-mined the same way as, as Ethereum was. But right now, none of the mining is profitable at all. Okay, someone in chat actually just gave us the numbering. So this would go up against the uh, RTX... This would go. No, I'm not, sorry, not the RTX. The RX 6600 XT. So again, we'll see how, 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 how these go. Hopefully... <laughs> I swear if all of a sudden these launch and these just suddenly resurrect GPU mining on Bitcoin, even though that seems physically impossible, I will actually cry. I'm just saying I will be actually sad. That being said, though, uh, cryptocurrency mining, actually, this is actually one thing I wanted to do on the early bird briefing. We've been making it a note to actually be on top of day to day and week over week um cryptocurrency growth. I wanna say over the last month, if anything, it's been down. Let's actually take a look here. Yeah, crypto uh, Bitcoin is down basically only like five hundred from where it started at the beginning of September. It did have a brief spike up to twenty-three thousand, and then once it did, it crashed back down to twenty K. Someone did a big sell-off there. Ethereum too. Oh wow. Well, this is also mostly just because of the thing here. Let me show you. Let me show you everyone watching live. Ethereum, actually, over the last month, we started at 15,000, or I'm sorry 1550 and 50. And I kind of climbed up. We got to about close to 1800, but not quite. And then once the change to uh, proof-of-stake happened versus proof-of-work, meaning that GPU mining no longer earns you more Ethereum, the price of Ethereum just kind of very slowly just climbed off, which was kind of the exact opposite of what I expected. I would have expected with proof-of-stake being the way that you earn more Ethereum, more people would have wanted to just buy more Ethereum to earn more Ethereum. But that is clearly not the case. People are starting to have no faith in the whole thing. So it's actually dropped 200 over the month. Someone in chat says that has a slight intensity to follow IRL stock markets. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. It's actually kind of weird. I was noticing that as the stock market right now is almost in complete free fall, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum saw a bit of a bump and then a bit of a sell off. So it looks like people wanted to get out of the stock market as it was falling, invest in crypto, which then triggered more people to sell off crypto. So it's just kind of, yeah. Like sometimes it follows, sometimes it doesn't. And even when you think it, it it's moving logically, it then doesn't. Someone in chat asks, How much is a board ape going for? Uh, too much. The physical value of a board ape is still zero. But what everyone else keeps paying for it is, uh, they're they're overbuying anyway back to gpus so the actual the actual intel cards that are actually able to game properly actually seem to be coming are going to be coming out soon and hopefully they will be more stable than their lower end launches and also more useful someone in chat (laughs) says that drop off in ethereum correlates With with that a bit, it's tricky to nail the exact reasons with crypto. Dude, it really is. Like, I started doing it for the early bird briefing, just, um, kind of like an update to see, like, what it would do as the new GPUs came out. And, like, anytime I think I could explain why it's moving in a certain direction, the logic fell through. (laughs) Crypto is an enigma. Zona chat says the cheapest board ape is listed at 80 Ethereum. Which is roughly 105K. I'll just tell you this right now. If you actually pay that amount of money for any NFT, which I remind you is a certificate that you own a picture that is somewhere else other than currently where you hold the certificate, which is the NFT, you might be beyond hope. In other news, we now know when Intel 13th gen is coming, October 20th. And it's going to be launching with a, with a just shy of $600 Core i 9 I'd be able to provide you more information, but unfortunately, I chose The Verge to get this information from. And The Verge's site is now literally unreadable. I kid, of course. I just want to poke at The Verge because somehow, somehow, The Verge defied my expectations and somehow became even harder to read. No, I'm not going to let this go. This site offends my eyes because they couldn't go ahead and fail to build a PC. They had to go ahead and fill, fail to build a new site, too. In any case, the, th- the 13900K will ship with 24 cores, 32 threads. But of course, we're not going to say what number of those are efficiency cores versus performance cores. So that number is kind of skewed. That's going to be one thing that's going to be maddening. We're going to keep buying into this marketing that all the cores are created equal and they're not yes. Technically all 24 cores and 32 threads can work on the same thing. But guess what? A a good chunk of those cores are going to be working harder than the others. I'm trying to think what, uh, I'm trying to do the math here. 24 cores. There's 32 threads. So that would mean that eight of the cores are hyper-threaded of those 24 cores. Because that would mean those, co- those cores count as d- twice the number of threads. So those must be your performance cores. And then the remaining uh, 16 cores are your E cores. Right? It has to be. This is what I get for trusting past me to actually go and get a usable article. In either case, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. We could go ahead... And uh, comment about how erroneous their graphs are and how useful to not useful their benchmarks are and whatnot. By the way, their most controversial graph intentionally had the Ryzen 5800X 3D not as its own separate bar, but as a nub that was stealthily put right above one of the other AMD bars to try and make it that their their CPU is working way harder than, uh, than their competition by just casually ignoring the 5800X3D, which is the current king of gaming CPUs. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Did I say that the 5800X3D was the king of gaming CPUs? That crown actually goes to the new Ryzen 7950X a current inferno of a CPU. AMD has launched their 7,000 CPUs, and these CPUs are fascinating for all the wrong reasons. These CPUs will go ahead and try to actively overclock themselves if there is enough cooling headroom. Like, these suckers will basically just Instead of having a target clock, they have a target temperature. They will shoot up to 95 degrees Celsius and sit there and whatever stable clock and voltage draw it can draw, it will draw. At least that's what it shows right now in early testing. Some other people like Derbauer, for instance, are currently experimenting with direct die cooling and finding out you can in fact get these chips to be cooler than 95 degrees Celsius. And actually get them to run much better. So there's some interesting little this and that's on here. But overall, right now, the 7000 series of Ryzen processors seems to be really good, but really expensive. Because the motherboards, being a brand new platform, a brand new socket, and brand new PCI Express technology are expensive. Because they use DDR5, the RAM sticks are expensive, but normally with DDR5, that means the boards are cheaper, but in this case, they're not. So, I mean, if you have a large sum and you're looking to just get in early on a brand new platform that you're gonna be using for a long time, this could work out. If you're looking for a temp upgrade, this isn't it. Cause when you're upgrading one thing for this platform, you are upgrading everything. Someone in chat says bet and pins on the board instead of the CPU. I have handled countless numbers of mishandled desktops and laptops. I have handled PGA CPUs and LGA CPUs. Do you want to know how many bent pins I have seen on motherboards? Two. I have seen two bent pins or two boards with bent pins in the socket. You want to know how many CPUs I've seen with bent pins? Over half of them. Countless, but easily over half of all the CPUs I've handled that were PGA, meaning that they had pins on the CPU. AMD's move to LGA, meaning pins are on the board. Far, far better improvement for all kinds of reasons. So that I don't fault, fault them for. Now, perhaps before you consider pushing right to... AMD Ryzen 7000 first off you might want to wait just that there's more cooler availability so you can push that Ryzen 7000 chip harder better faster stronger and also so all the early pains of an early format get worked out but also because uh, Intel accidentally showed off a 34 core Raptor Lake CPU that may outperform AMD. Also just to the fact that we actually don't know how good Intel's processor is. Maybe it actually does beat AMD performance per dollar. But the fact they also might in fact have a 34 core Raptor Lake CPU waiting in the wings. Who knows? Here's what I will say. This gonna be good. (laughs) Just sit back, relax, get some popcorn as we watch AMD and Intel Duke it out to make some very, very, very interesting CPUs. Someone in chat says Intel being better cost to dollar or performance per dollar. You believe when pigs fly? I mean, here's something to think about: Intel Raptor Lake. You can use DDR4 or DDR5 because it uses the old socket. It uses the last generation socket this time around the motherboard cost is going to be roughly the same as the previous generation Intel processor. Like, just on that alone, it might beat out AMD. Just because the cost of everything else on the platform is going to be f- pretty cheaper. Like, look, you ha- if, if you went ahead and told me that in October, Intel is going to be better than AMD on performance per dollar, you know what my response would be? Uh, But right now, it is currently shaping up to be exactly that. Will it hold? Considering that for the longest time, we had an entire decade of AMD being kicked around by Intel. Intel just setting whatever price they felt like. And all AMD could do was curl up in the fetal position and cry as they put out the absolute train wreck that was bulldozer and other such AMD FX processors I mean think about that we had 10 years of AMD being unable to put its pants on in the morning 10 years now the tables have turned AMD is the performance king right now Intel's catching up so we'll just have to see either way someone in chat says Eagle's just hating not hating i'm interested i am keeping an open mind and looking to see where all the chips land because again it wasn't all that long ago amd couldn't make a processor amd couldn't make a gpu that could compete with anything more than nvidia's 50 series intel could go ahead and just make whatever chip they want and charge thousands of dollars for it because no one could compete with them no one could touch them Intel was the king of the world in the chip world. Now they're trying to fight back to even see the throne they once held. These are very interesting times. You know they're interesting times just just on the grounds that Verizon is teaming up with gaming companies to say that the future of 5G is in cloud gaming. And who are they partnering with? Isn't it obvious? With Razer. Because who else was going to go ahead and make another cloud device to go ahead and stream games to using something? Look, here's what I'll say about all of a sudden these handheld cloud streaming consoles. Why? Why are you even bothering? Does anyone want to tell them that the Steam Deck exists? Does anyone want to tell Razer and Logitech that, um, the war is over. You can't get better latency than local. You physically can't. And Valve beat you. Valve beat you before you even launched the device. We have the Logitech Cloud. What does it sell for? $299. How much does the base, baseline Steam Deck sell for? Um, yeah, $100 more. And is triple the machine. It's hard to recommend a device like these cloud streaming devices, when in fact the biggest player in cloud gaming just noped out and all you have left right now is what? NVIDIA now oh, the Xbox thing, I think I th- I think these will run the the, the, the the Xbox cloud gaming thing, I think um uh, oh, PS Now. There, there there, we go. We 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 found three. It's kind of a hard sell. Especially to launch this now. Someone in chat says the Switch has streaming games. Pfft, nobody cares. You, you know what? Like, anytime there is a cloud game that launches for... Here, here's the thing with, with, with streaming games on the Switch. Nintendo tries to do everything in their power to just, like... Very timidly adm- admit it. They just throw like a quick buzzword on it, like cloud play or like something very simple like that. A shout out to the slam door. They do everything they can to not admit that it is what it is. Now, I will say this much. The Razor Edge, which is the name of Razer's handheld streaming console, Does have one huge leg up over the Logitech cloud. It will have built in 5G which is a I would argue a must have if you're going to have a handheld streaming console because the whole thing is that oh man I can only play it where there's Wi-Fi well you're not going to use it on public Wi-Fi that's for sure. Are you going to go ahead and tether it to your phone and watch the additional latency as your phone as it goes from there to phone to then the network and watch the phone's processor try to go ahead and limit the latency on that. Oh, wait. No, it's not. The onboard 5G, I think, is a huge step up. We'll have to see how this goes, but I just don't see these sort of cloud streaming consoles actually doing well. But I also fully admit I am far more likely to be someone who goes ahead and builds their own personal gaming cloud rather Then trust a mainstream one, mostly because I am a crazy person. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, D brand actually has a problem that actually caused them to not be snarky about it, as well as updates to VR, the metaverse and overwatch. We will be back. (coughs) Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech, Mingo Falcon. All right, let's get through the last of these and close up shop for the day. First off, I want to talk briefly about the Logitech Cloud. Why am I talking about the Logitech Cloud? I talked about it last week. Well, here is an update for the Logitech Cloud. Our meme review has been removed. In fact, all reviews have been removed. Mostly because Logitech was called out on the fact that they had reviews up and available on a product that you couldn't buy yet. You know, and also the fact that we called them out, and by we, I mean mostly the Linus Tech Tips crew to start with, about the fact that they were automatically filtering out any three-star or lower reviews. But if you were four or higher... Oh, man, you got to approved no matter what you said. And, man, going through that entire section was glorious. The number of reviews that trash-talked the device but were accepted because they were five stars was simply amazing. But that is the update. The Logitech Cloud will still be launching for, t- for $300. I am willing to bet it will stay $300 forever. I am willing to bet for... I'm willing to bet it's pretty much never gonna go for 350. D Brand has a problem. For the few people who are able to get their hands on a Steam Deck, you could get a D brand case for said Steam Deck. They called it Project Kill Switch. Get it because it kills the Switch. Whatever. It's a decent case, but there's a problem. Because there's multiple model revisions of the Steam Deck, because, well, Valve can't keep them in stock and has been swapping out various parts from various manufacturers in an insane hope to, uh, to try and actually meet the demand that they can't meet right now. So not all the components internally match. And certain models of the fan on certain Steam Deck's Will run drastically slower if you have the kill switch case on because of the magnets in the kickstand. Whoops! D Brand has actually issued a, for once, non sarcastic apology and has said they will be providing replacement kickstands that do not use magnets for existing customers and be looking to. Do a future redesign of the kill switch. So I'll have a better design kickstand that, uh, that, that it won't actually need a magnet at all. Zona Chat mentioned they love the fact that it was actually found because of a Verge reviewer. Yeah, it's actually the first time that anyone from the Verge has actually done something constructive. If that one Verge reviewer that actually noticed that problem actually went ahead and designed their website, maybe, just maybe... The the Verge website would not be an unreadable piece of garbage. I'm sorry. I am not going to let that go. This site is atrocious. Dude, the Verge actually was my go-to source for the early briefing because it was easy to find what the stories of the day were because they went ahead and listed everything in chronological order. Now it's listed in order of, I don't know, more clickbait, LOL. (laughs) It's so dumb terrible the site is so poorly it is offensive to my eyes and it ticks me off this actually ticks me off more than the verge pc build that's how much this website ticks me off but whoever did this redesign needs to be slapped okay maybe not that far i don't want to actually like actually invoke violence against the verge i don't want to be one of those people but they need to reconsider the life choices Kind of like the Verge PC guy who did, in fact, rethink his life choices and has gone on the road to redemption. Like, honestly, for I, I know we talked about it before, but since we're on, on the topic of ranting at the Verge, the, like, redemption story between uh, Linus and the guy that was actually, uh, actually on camera for the Verge build, absolutely amazing video. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very insightful to the way that entire operation operates and the fact that it was actually, like, pretty close to what we except expected anyway now that we're done with the dystopian hellscape that is the verge let's instead talk about the dystopian hellscape that is ai first off bruce willis has denied that he has sold his likeness for use in movies and commercials to deep fake studios but they're doing it anyway who's surprised here's the better question who's gonna stop them I actually want to see how all well this is gonna go, because we're seeing a lot of these just going. Oh no, we went ahead and gathered this from publicly available stuff. Like this is gonna be a very fascinating battle in court. It really, really is. Because the thing is with deep fakes is the fact that you just go ahead and use publicly available sources to create the deep fake, but at the same time, you are still stealing the likeness of someone else. You are still stealing the likeness of an actor. This is going to be a very interesting way to see how that goes down. In other news that is terrible for the realm of aught, OpenAI has removed the waitlist for Doll E, the AI that can generate pictures, even though now there is a ton of other ones that can already do it with both better and worse effects at the same time. AI art right now. It was an interesting concept. I will say that much. The art community hates this sort of stuff. Absolutely hates what's going on right now. Because th- right now, a lot of AI art is trying to shun out actual artists. It's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. And it's, it's evolving in a very fascinating sort of way. However... I want to shift gears before you see on my discord. I put up an image and I wanted people to guess what the form was full was for. The forum just said, check all that apply to you. Are you an academic researcher, a corporate researcher, developer, artist, or journal- journalist? And of course I checked what applied to me, journalist And then in other, I put down professional meme lord and occasional idiot on live streams. I will now reveal what this form is for. It's for Meta! Yay! Because Meta wants to go ahead and make an AI system that generates videos from text. Oh, this is going to be good. Please, I encourage you, Mr. Mark Lizardman Zuckerberg. Please accept my application. Please allow me the ability to create videos from text prompts. I guarantee you, I will find every bug inside this system and create the most hot messes you have ever seen. I guarantee you everything that I will create will be entertaining. That is what we'll say now. All they've shown so far is just some very basic stock clips of just like a dog running on the moon or I'm sorry, a dog flying through air, a um a flying saucer laying on Mars, a very weird picture of a horse that seems oddly off. Um, I don't know what this other picture is. I think it's supposed to be of someone painting really close up. Yeah, that's what it is. This is going to be interesting. I want to see what this is able to do because here's the thing. Here's the thing. The fact is from Facebook, one of two things is going to happen. Either A, it is going to make us reevaluate the technology and capability of of Facebook or B, it's going to fail spectacularly. And I want front row seats to this. Who's with me? Come on. It's going to be great. (laughs) You tell me this is not going to be Absolutely hilarious. Now, speaking of things that are less hilarious, an AI program can now voice Darth Vader. So now James Earl Jones can finally retire. We're just not going to have new actors, are we? We're just going to use AI to have all older actors in the legends of the golden era of movies just exist in perpetuity. That's just how this is going to be, isn't it? Uh, who knows who knows in other VR news Lenovo has revealed a new VR headset in which they gave it a very original name and definitely didn't recycle the one brand they know how to recycle we have the new think reality VRX oh god dang it yeah of course they called the headset think why wouldn't they It's the only thing Lenovo knows. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes, but to be perfectly honest, eh? Another competitor in the VR headset ring? Look, as long as the quality's good. I'm getting really sick of uh, meta being the only player in the budget headset ring. Like, that's all that exists right now. It's either meta in the entry-level space, HTC and the headset, they kind of, sort of support, but not really, but kind of, sort of. Samsung, which... It's... um, Yeah, no. Or it's the enthusiast stuff. Like the Valve... What do they call their, their high-end headset? It's now blinking on me. You know what I'm talking about. The one that's, like, just shy of, like, a grand for the whole thing. Index! There we go. Thank you. But, you know, at the very least, I can... Look at Lenovo and say, you know what? At least the VR headset isn't the dumbest thing you ever made. No, 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 no. The dumbest thing you ever made has to go to the gaming Chromebook. The English language is insufficient to express the amount of hate I have for this device. A gaming Chromebook. What on earth are you going to game on this Chromebook? It's okay. It's okay, dude. Chrome's going to get steam. You can play your steam games on it. No, I don't think you actually will be able to play your steam games on it, considering the fact that this sucker is equipped with either an ultra low voltage core i3-1215U or an ultra low voltage core i 5 1235 u with no discrete GPU but it's got that rgb keyboard Yeah, it's, it's the old 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 school alienware rgb keyboard where it's four zones yeah you're using the same rgb technology that alienware used back when they were worth anything oh it's it's got a eight gigs of ram and oh it, it, it has 120 hertz refresh rate on the screen. I'm going to be blunt. This is the dumbest device that ever blighted the planet. This is actual e-waste. If you buy this to anyone, this is just you saying you are stupid. Straight up. This is the worst device I have ever seen built because it serves literally no purpose. I don't care what the cost is. If this thing costs $50, it's too much. This thing is no more capable than any other Chromebook by the sheer fact that it is a chromebook since I can get a chromebook for $20 it makes this one automatically obsolete because chromebooks believe it or not are made in such bulk that blight the planet you can find them for literally the same cost as a T-34 calculator but of course of course Lenovo didn't reveal the pricing for it Because why would they? Here's what I'll tell you. This laptop should cost, in a sane world, $300. You should not buy it for $300. I am willing to bet it is going to cost $600. You should not buy it for $600. In a world where you can buy a Chromebook for $20, you can just do that instead. By the way, Linus actually, Linus Tech Tips, and I know we've been mentioning Linus Tech Tips a lot lately, but in this case, it's actually very relevant. They actually went ahead and tried Chrome OS Flex, and um, I'm actually really disappointed. It is actually hilariously incompatible with a lot of devices that are at end of life. It worked on like some newer low-end devices and kind of made them run faster, kind of made them feel faster. For the most part, I'm actually greatly disappointed in it. But, let's talk about Amazon, who went ahead and revealed a plethora of new devices. First off, we have the Kindle Scribe. It is an overpriced e-ink tablet that you can write on. It costs $340, and the pen costs $30. You know what? It's cheaper than an iPad Pro, but the normal iPad exists. It's very hard for me to recommend this sort of thing. Like, real talk, if the Kindle Scribe cost $200, this would actually give the iPad a run for its money in the education department. Straight up. But unfortunately, this Kindle Scribe is a pretty big disappointment. We have new Echo Dots that have new sensors, better audio, and also can, in fact, be used as Wi-Fi extenders using the Euromesh Wi-Fi network. I'm surprised it took them this long to do that. Someone in chat says, yes, but does it have an audio jack? I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it has an audio jack. The, the, I'm telling you, the old iPads, though, they do. As reminded by our chatter. So yeah, Echo speakers working as Wi-Fi inspectors in the Euro Mesh Network. Actually a good upgrade. Surprised it took that long, to be perfectly honest. We have a new upgraded Echo Auto, which will cost $55. And do, it'll do, um, something. Apparently it will, uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, uh, what actual kind of internet is supposed to use? Is it supposed to use, like, the Wi-Fi built into your car? Assuming you have a car that's high-end enough to use that? Someone in chat says your phone. Wait, 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 wait. So for $55, I can hook up a device to my phone to give me the Amazon Echo Assistant in my car, which I can already get on my phone for free. Do I have this correct? I don't know. This one, this one feels like a non-starter for me. However, they did also in their announcement mention that the BMW, which is a car you probably shouldn't be getting, We'll have Alexa, I'm sorry, we'll have the Amazon Echo support already built into it. I should actually mute my my Echo because I have set it off three times while mentioning all of this. There is also a new bedside sleep tracking clock called the Halo Rise, which I cannot get over the fact the face of this Halo Rise device looks like an obscure loading wheel that you'd see on some new-age website that's using a platform you don't recognize. I'm sorry, that is the first thing that pops in my head when I see this thing. But in any case, this bedside clock will be able to give you sleep metrics all from your bedside without you wearing a smartwatch like I do, and will slowly wake you with their warm-to-cool light built into it. Honestly, this one is both really cool And really expensive. It's a $140 bedside clock. But I say this is expensive as I'm holding a $200 watch. So pick your poison, I guess. There is a new Fire TV Cube that lets you control your cable box with your voice. Which means that all of you that have this wonderful Fire TV Cube are vulnerable to me saying, Alexa, play Eagle Falcon on Twitch.tv. (laughs) uh yeah voice controls are great until that backfires huh anyway interesting little set top box i'm not sure about the form factor being a cube that seems a pretty gimmicky and the look of it doesn't really seem all that uh impressive it is using wi-fi 6e i don't know what the e stands for nowadays but you know it is what it is and that's gonna be a a 140 dollars set top box that's Honestly, as someone who's currently in the market for a set-top box, that feels like a pretty hard sell when the when their next better competition is $40 cheaper and does not lock you into the Amazon ecosystem. We do have a pair of high-end 4K TVs with the Fire System built into it that are basically just giant QOLED L-T- uh, TVs starting at $800 and going all the way up to $1,100 dollars 65 inch for the one 75 inch for the other honestly not bad if you're into that ecosystem already we also have a mini blink camera which i was informed i originally talked about this on the early bird briefing how we have security systems how we have blink cameras for the ring security system they are separate i was unaware of this the blink camera systems owned by Amazon do not integrate with the Ring security systems from Amazon A- Amazon why did you decide to copy the biggest flaw that Nvidia has or I'm sorry that not Nvidia that Google has I just Ugh. Anyway the Blink Mini will be uh, I'm sorry the Blink Mini mount is $30 the actual camera is $60 There is also a Ring Spotlight Pro solar wireless camera. Now you have my attention. Someone in chat says, it's okay, nothing from Amazon integrates with other Amazon touch, uh, Amazon stuff. Like Twitch doesn't integrate with Amazon web services. Yeah, they have to pay full retail and apparently double the (laughs) rates. Yeah, Amazon stuff doesn't integrate with itself so well that in fact, Twitch has to pay double what they charge other customers for the exact same web service according to Twitch's own numbers. Man, I still can't believe they tried to get away with that. Anyway, there actually is a Ring Spotlight Pro camera that has a wireless option and also solar-powered. However, the solar-powered version is... $250 $250 and there's just a wire and the wired and wireless versions that require an external power source cost $230, depending on how well that solar, that solar model works and how long it can keep a charge at night dude, that is killer for trying to actually like, like from a business point of view, do you just like put, put out wireless cameras? And have it like nicely integrated with the rest of your ring system? Oh, wait. This means it needs to integrate nicely with the rest of Amazon stuff. I mean, it's ring with the rest of the ring equipment. I mean, it should be fine, right? I love this from, I love this from a concept. I would need to see it in actual practice. If it's been, yeah, If it's been cloudy and it's not able to get as much solar energy, how long will it last? That is going to be the big thing. I will say this much, we actually have some solar spotlights at our work, they actually work really well. Even on a cloudy day, they still get enough energy on a cloudy day to be able to light up the area at night, whenever there's any sort of movement, that even our morning crew as they're getting in when, the, when it's still dark out, will still set them off. It is actually incredible. If the camera's able to accomplish the same thing, hey, great. If it can't, well, it's almost expected of Amazon at this point. And Amazon's Astro Robot will now now detect your pet and also work as a security guard dog integrating with your ring system. However, I will still say for $1,500 and needing an invite, you still have the major problem of the fact that this $1,500 robot still cannot fetch me a beer that's the hard sell right there the fact that i need to babysit the robot and put the beer on the robot to then have it bring it to me hard sell hard sell i mean look it's a cute device don't get me wrong i just have a hard time finding a practical purpose for it speaking of having a hard time finding a practical purpose for it e3 is back i know i can't believe it either e3 will actually be back as a physical event, beginning June 11th, and will run from June 13th to June 16th. <laughs> Someone in chat asks who used necromancy on E3 corpse. I don't know. I want to say it's actually the um, the people who are re- who are actually in charge of E3. Uh, this is actually being done from the Entertainment Software Association, who I'm pretty sure is the, yeah, it's ESA. They were in charge of it before, and they're partnering with the event production company read pop to make the revival of e3 actually happen okay here's a hot take for you here is a really hot take i am actually glad e3 is coming back you want to know why i am really glad e3 is coming back because that way all the video game announcements will actually coalesce and focus on one set of dates so i don't have to just like dart around and keep my eyes darting everywhere to see when the heck everyone's gonna drop their stupid virtual Nintendo Direct clone this way and that way and the other way. I I missed the Devolver video. I just realized I missed the Devolver video for this year. So we'll see how the physical E3 goes. Maybe it'll go well. Maybe people are just gonna ignore E3. Someone in chat says they don't think companies are gonna rush back to E3. They probably won't, but they are most likely going to actually try to release their virtual events while they ignore E3 around the timeframe of E3. So at least we'll have something to focus around. Maybe. Hopefully. We'll see. We will see how this goes. I mean, let's, let's be perfectly honest. You're as surprised about this as I am. On, we, we considered E3 dead like months ago. Possibly even a year ago. To see it come back is rather, rather shocking. Anyway, guys, bad news. Ubisoft's 2022 game has been delayed again. Yes, Ubisoft is delaying the open world pirate adventure game Skull and Bones for the 6th Time is gonna be delayed to March 9th of 2023. Oh no. Anyway, Apple is leaking that the next iPhone 15 may introduce the ultra branding. And finally, after 10,000 years, actually include a port that people actually use. USB type C. I've only been predicting this move for the last four years. About time they actually do it. So there you have it. Possibly the iPhone 15 will be the one with USB-C. I swear if they launch the US, If only the iPhone 15 Ultra has USB-C, and the iPhone 4- 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Normal still has lightning. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> App, someone in chat says Apple isn't smart. That's why they refuse to use use audio jacks. By that logic, every company in tech is dumb. Someone in chat says, I don't think they have a choice that they don't want to be fined into oblivion from the EU. You know, that's the thing. We still haven't heard what the EU has to say about the, uh, about the fact that the iPhone 14 has no USB-C. Because that regulation is in effect. You're... EU requires them to use USB-C by 2024. No, 2023. So here's the thing. By the logic of saying that every every company that's not putting a headphone jack is dumb, that means that a good chunk of current motherboard manufacturers that are seeing that not a lot of people are using headphone jacks on motherboards are dumb. The maker of this webcam using are dumb. The makers of sure are dumb because this microphone doesn't have a headphone jack on it. This keyboard is dumb because it has no headphone jack on it. This mouse is d- is dumb because has no car- has no mu- has no headphone jack on it. You see what the point is? Like a lot of things don't need headphone jacks. Oh, I've been proven wrong. Apparently, it is fall of twenty twenty four. Someone someone in chat has provided a uh, a link saying otherwise. All right, so they actually do have time. I thought it actually was implemented sooner. So yeah, next year would be the one that actually has to go it dude that's been my prediction for a while someone in chat says that apple should just give you the middle finger and go wireless charging o- only that's the one caveat in this they say that small devices can in fact go wireless charging only i don't know if the actual law gives exact description of what a small device is Someone in chat says phones don't have an alternative and are de facto portable music to place it. Don't say Bluetooth. Bluetooth does not have the audio quality of an audio jack unless you pay five times the price. I hate to break it to you lost. You lost. I'm sorry. You did. You're fighting this fight four years too late. Bluetooth is now the audio standard for, on phones. Sorry. You can gripe all you want about it. It doesn't change the fact. You lost. They say, that, they say I get it, but that doesn't make it smart. Too bad. That's kind of that's kind of my response to it. It's game over, man. Game over. Speaking of game over, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. I want to talk about Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is making some very strange choices. All right. So Overwatch, its monetization model was greedy, but understandable. It was a $60 game in which there was loot boxes that you could buy, thus making it greedy, but you understand how it's making its money. Overwatch 2, on the other hand, is free to play. Okay. Now there is no barrier to entry, but there is a battle pass model, meaning that the more you play, the more you unlock, but the more you unlock, the more you are tempted to pay for the premium tier. And once you start seeing, because the thing is with the battle pass is that there is a free tier and a premium tier. You pay to get to the premium tier, or you can just stay on the normal tier. But the more you unlock in the normal tier, the more you're kept shown, because they're shown side by side, what you could have unlocked in the premium tier. And this is done as a psychological battle with a lot of people. All right. Now, This model isn't the worst in the world. It's actually not that predatory. What is infuriating, however, is the fact that in is that first off Overwatch 2 kills Overwatch 1. Overwatch 1 will no longer exist. You have to transfer your save data to Overwatch 2 if you want to keep the characters you unlocked. And by the way, you have to over you have to unlock all the old characters, who previously were not unlocks. You just had them. By the way, you also need to go ahead and use two-factor authentication using your phone, and this is as part of their, quote, defense matrix, okay? Now, this whole defense matrix thing, it is supposed to go ahead and make it so that Accounts are accountable and also to try and ruin what are called smurf accounts, meaning that you're an expert player that makes a level one. So you can go ahead and just beat up on low levels that are just trying to get new to the game. Oh, but there is one other rumor swirling around that unfortunately I cannot find confirmation of. But I had to report on it because I couldn't find a stranger story of the week. And I can't show it on the screen because it would actually get me suspended from Twitch. The picture of the headline going around of a story that has probably been deleted. Which probably means that it's not real. But the headline is just too hilarious not to comment on. The fact that Overwatch 2 is encrypting its in-game models in the attempt to stop porn. You see, Overwatch 1 had a very vibrant animation um we'll call them artist community we'll we'll phrase it that way that would uh go ahead and just go into overwatch one because the models are just there throw it into something like um what is what is the program i think the program's called uh sfw uh no sfm uh source filmmaker and then just go ahead and uh do do a little bit of mod modding on the models and uh Go ahead and have them in all kinds of interesting poses. That was going on with Overwatch 1. It's not all that hard to find, actually. It's very easy. Blizzard, in their new wave of trying to cleanse themselves, feels that they must do the same to the community, and thus will encrypt the models in Overwatch 2 to prevent this exact same thing from happening. So who wants to tell Blizzard that, uh, the the exact wording of Rule 34, the exact wording of the rule, is, there is porn of it. No exceptions. If it's not there now, it will be there in just a few short hours. Now, I want to, before we close up, reinforce the fact that I cannot find evidence of this article actually existing. There is a decent chance it was made. For. For, for laughs to try and bait people like me. So I do want to put that big asterisk on it. I mean granted. We should know. Very. Very soon. Considering the fact that October 4th is in fact. When Overwatch 2. Launches. And considering the fact it's a free to play game. Anyone can get their hands on it which means anyone can just crack open and see if the models are encrypted. And if they are, I would give it 18 hours and the encryption will be cracked. Because there's one thing I know about the internet, there ain't nothing that's going to stop them from proving you wrong. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, the early burb briefing which airs every single morning at 2 a.m. Except, yes, except on Monday, this past Monday, because we had internet problems. But anytime I have the ability to, I will put an episode up Monday through Friday, 2 a.m. And also check my Twitch. Actually, just check out everything. eaglefalconc dot Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Telling you, this is gonna be the greatest world first race. The world first race to see how long we have until we have porn of Overwatch 2. You doubt me, but I'm telling you, this is gonna be the fastest race you ever saw. 17 seconds for something like the 100, 100 yard dash or the 100 meter and ain't nothing compared to Rule 34 artists.